Writing your oncology case report is a huge undertaking, and it's easy to make silly mistakes that can derail your entire writing process. That's why you need my brand new masterclass, the three-step framework for a finished case report. In this free masterclass, you'll learn three of the biggest mistakes to avoid when writing your case report, the secrets to actually finishing your case report, no matter the patient case you've chosen, and my proven three-step framework for starting and finishing your very own oncology case report. Save your seat today at theoncopt.com slash framework. Again, that's theoncopt.com slash framework. Hey, everybody, this is Elise, the host of the OncoPT podcast. And before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to take some time to remind you or let you know that I am hosting a series of Facebook Live videos throughout every Monday in February. So if you're listening to this full time, excuse me, if you're listening to this in real time, I've already released the first of them this past Monday, and I'll be doing that every Monday in February 2020 at 7 p.m. Central. So you can find it on my Facebook page. Uh, my handle is the OncoPT, and what I'm covering in these Facebook Lives is some of the common problems that we see in oncology physical therapy and when working with these patients. This isn't just for oncology physical therapists or someone who's interested. This is for anybody who's ever had any experience, any referral for a patient who has any kind of oncology diagnosis. So please check it out, and I can't wait to see y'all there. Welcome to the Onco PT Podcast, where you'll learn from oncology experts, practitioners, and patients to help you on your journey to become a confident and competent Onco PT. Here's your host, Elise Decker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Onco PT Podcast. February is National Cancer Prevention Month, and you might be wondering, why am I bringing this up? What's the importance? Obviously, I talk about cancer a lot on this podcast, but what can we be doing? What should we be doing about cancer prevention? I know that's not typically what we consider to be our role, but we as physical therapists, not just oncology physical therapists, not just those who treat even patients who have cancer or have had cancer, still are involved and should be involved in having these conversations with our patients about cancer prevention. Again, this is for not just patients who have cancer or had cancer, but any patient that you're interacting with, you should be able to, you should be comfortable with, comfortable with having a conversation with your patient about, hey, here's something that we can be doing to improve your health because I'm not just concerned about your health here right now. I'm concerned about your health in the long term. I know we're working on, you know, XYZ problem now, but this could be an even bigger issue down the road that I care about because I am your physical therapist and I am your movement system specialist. That's why this is so important is because a patient who might have knee surgery right now that you are, you know, working with to rehab or some kind of neurological impairment or anything under the sun, why a patient could be coming to see you, we have an obligation. We have a professional responsibility to educate our patients and to help them be healthier for longer. And that starts with now. 
It's never too late to have these conversations with patients. And so I wanted to take this opportunity, since it is obviously National Cancer Prevention Month, to talk about what's our role within all of this, what kind of things can we be doing with our patients, and how can we implement these in our clinical practice. So let's start off with the obvious here. Why the heck should we as physical therapists be talking to our patients about cancer prevention? Shouldn't that be coming from more of the medical side of things? Well, I'll let you know right now, it's not. It's not always necessarily being addressed with our patients at their primary care visits or with other specialists because as we know, even within physical therapy, we can get into these silos where we are so focused on the one thing that we're trying to address or whatever the patient is coming in and complaining the loudest about. That's what we can sometimes tend to focus on, but we can't forget the whole clinical picture of what is the patient complaining of, of course, right now, but what are some potential other areas that we can make a positive impact in to make sure that this patient has a healthier lifestyle and better quality of life for way longer after they're done seeing us? Having one functional mobility impairment, having one comorbidity, having even one cancer diagnosis doesn't exclude a person from potentially developing or developing another cancer diagnosis or even a cancer diagnosis later on down the road. And even though some cancer diagnoses aren't necessarily preventable, for a variety of reasons. We know that cancer is a multifactorial disease that has a lot of contributors to the development and the growth progression of cancer. Even though we may not necessarily be able to prevent certain things, we can still address certain modifiable life risk factors that these patients are experiencing right now in order to potentially, again, maybe prevent, but also decrease the severity of potential disease in the long run and to help patients catch or to facilitate the screening process to where they can diagnose a cancer sooner so that there's a better prognosis, so that there's a better treatment and ultimately better outcomes for these patients. And again, This can all seem kind of out there because we, again, sometimes get really myopically focused on our realm as physical therapists, but we have so much to offer and it is within our scope of practice that we be having these discussions, these conversations with our patients. So let's jump in into how exactly can we help prevent and or screen patients to determine if they're having any kinds of issues and potentially help them get a diagnosis of cancer if we feel like something's not quite right. Again, I'm addressing all of these from a within a physical therapy scope of practice. We have this knowledge and we should be able to empower our patients to take the next step to take care of themselves, okay? So the first thing we can do should be pretty obvious and that's promote regular participation in physical activity. This is our wheelhouse for heaven's sakes. You know, this is our bread and butter. This is what we're all about. We're trying to get patients up and moving and getting to where they can take care of themselves, move around and do the things that they want to and that they need to more easily. We know for a fact that physical activity, regular participation in the appropriate amounts of physical activity help to reduce the risk of developing certain cancers. We also know that regular participation in the appropriate physical activity levels help to reduce 
the risk of a recurrence of cancer? And why would we not want to, again, empower our patients to take the steps to be healthier in their lifestyle? There's so much, unfortunately, cancer happening out there right now that we know of. And obviously that's why we're here. That's why we're working with these patients. But wouldn't it be awesome if we could help prevent even just a little bit of that or help patients take charge of their lives to have better health health outcomes overall? And there's no reason that we shouldn't be having these conversations with patients, even if they're coming in, like I said, for, you know, they've had some kind of surgical procedure and now you're helping them go through the rehab process to get better out of all of this, we still need to be having those conversations with patients about, hey, physical activity is really important. Here's why it's so important. There's plenty of other reasons, but since we're focusing on obviously cancer prevention, that's a big thing that we can bring up with patients because so many people, if not all to most people, either know somebody who has been diagnosed with cancer or they may even been diagnosed with some kind of cancer in their lives. So this is a big deal that we need to be addressing with our patients. Another thing we can talk about is healthier eating patterns. And I know that sometimes I get some pushback in, well, I'm not a nutritionist, I'm not a dietitian, so I don't really I don't really cover that too much. We know basic healthy eating principles. You don't have to be an RD or a self-proclaimed nutritionist or whatever to be able to have discussions with our patients about, hey, here is how healthy eating can contribute to a healthier lifestyle. And not just from a, you know, it makes you feel good. It makes you feel better about yourself, but it helps at the cellular level. And we understand that because we have that education. We have that training to know that. And on that same note, we can have these conversations with patients about smoking cessation. Now I'll let you know, I will be upfront to say, I am not going in there and telling a person exactly, here's how you need to stop smoking. When I have conversations with patients about smoking cessation, I'm explaining to them how smoking is negatively affecting their function, is there, you know, negatively affecting their healing time and all these other things, and how smoking, quitting smoking would help these things. And if it's a conversation where the patient is showing interest and is expressing, yeah, I'd like to try that, then I'm referring them back to their medical oncologist. Again, that's my particular setting that I'm referring to the oncologist versus the PCP or whatnot, but that's still something that we can talk about. And this is pertinent. This is within our scope, both the smoking cessation and the healthy dietary patterns. It's within our scope, but if you are really uncomfortable, not confident with having those conversations with patients, you at least need to be able to screen them to see, are they smoking? Are they eating a less than healthy dietary pattern? Then you need to be able to screen them for those and then refer them to the appropriate professionals. Do not let these just slide under the rug as you're trying to get the patient out the door and discharge them. We need to have these conversations with patients. Again, I can't stress that enough. This is something that I'm going to come back to again and again in today's episode because this is something as movement system specialists, we care about the whole patient. And if we're going to care about the whole patient and treat the whole patient like that, we need to consider these other factors that contribute to their function and the quality of their movement. So next up would be sunscreen use. And this is something that 
a lot of people are more understanding of, they know more about, they've heard about more often. But as we're encouraging patients to become more physically active, maybe that means spending more time outdoors, it's always appropriate to have a conversation with the patient about, okay, sunscreen is really important to help care for our skin, reduce sunburn, and potentially reduce the risk of developing skin cancer. The next thing we can do to help our patients with cancer prevention strategies is to discuss the importance of appropriate self-checks and screenings. So one of the things that I really get onto patients about is the importance of attending regularly scheduled or regular maintenance exams. So this can include well women's exams. This can include colonoscopies. I can't tell you how many patients and coworkers, for that matter, who have said, oh, I've got this colonoscopy coming up, but I really don't want to do it. So I just think I'm not going to do it. And it drives me up the wall because I can't tell you how many patients, unfortunately, that I've encountered that said, yeah, I missed my well women's exam last year, or I missed my mammogram, or I missed my colonoscopy, you know, for last year or even the last few years. And now I have more advanced stage cancer pertaining to those areas that could have been totally caught by those screenings. And I know not every single cancer that can be screened for is going to get caught. But a lot of times it can catch things that are certain problem areas that may potentially be malignancies that could be caught and treated right then and there. So if that comes up in conversation where a patient is saying, well, I've got this coming up, but I don't think I'm going to do it. You can stop and talk to the patient right then and there and say, well, you know, it is really important. Here's why it's important. I would really encourage you to go. And as long as you've educated the patient and tried to encourage them to do this, then that's all you can do, right? You can't hold their hand. You can't take him to the door of whatever physician's office who's going to do the exam and sit with them in the waiting room until they go back for this exam. But as long as you have educated the patient on the importance and encouraged them to follow up with that specialist, then that's all you can do. People at the end of the day are going to make their own decisions, but if you can at least provide them with a little more information on why it's important, it may be the change in them not going and getting that exam to them doing the exam. And I think the same thing goes for self-breast exams, self-testicular exams. These are all things that patients can be doing on their own in order to, like I said, screen for, check to see if there's any kind of problems that they then need to go have checked out by their physicians. The other thing that we can be doing in our day-to-day work with patients is skin checks. Now, that's something that we can definitely be doing, should be doing, as we're assessing patients, especially if there's potential issues with skin integrity, infections, wounds, etc. But as we know, skin cancer can often manifest as abnormal moles, among other things. And that's something we learned the ABCDE. E system in PT school about screening for moles to see, you know, are they abnormal? What's the color like? Do they have any kind of irregular edges and whatnot? That would all lead us to believe "Mm, this isn't just a normal mole. I'm not saying we need to check the person's every piece of their epidermis up and down in between all the cracks, but we definitely have the opportunity as we're working with patients. And if we notice these things to bring them up and say, hey, you know, 
Have you ever had any abnormal moles or have you had any kind of skin issues in the past? Have you had your dermatologist or your PCP check your skin and then open up the conversation from there? It might be something that they've never noticed before. It could be something that's being managed and monitored by their physician. But whatever the case, at least open the door to find out, is this something that the patient needs to know about, knows about, so that they can then take the appropriate steps from there. And the last thing that we can be doing, and again, this isn't so much from the prevention side of things, but preventing the spread, the growth, the progression of cancer, is doing our red flag screening whenever patients come in our door. And I've shared this in the past as far as, you know, I've had a patient who came in, she was an established patient with me. She had breast cancer. We knew that, but she came into me with gait abnormality and back pain that was totally just did not fit whatsoever with any of the clinical presentations that I would expect you know, back pain to be. And it turned out that her cancer had metastasized into her spine and was essentially eating away at her vertebra, which was then crushing the nerve. And she was having all this pain, including back pain. So as long as we're doing our appropriate red flag screening, we can potentially catch issues that may be a malignancy or some kind of progression recurrence. Um, Again, I had a patient who this is a different patient, a couple months ago had a new onset of back pain that progressed very rapidly. And it actually ended up being a recurrence of her breast cancer. Again, I know this is another breast cancer example, but those are the two that come to mind right now. So even though we're not necessarily preventing cancer, we are still providing patients with appropriate screening tools that we can then say, this is something we need to get checked out. I'm going to refer you back to your physician, and that could make a huge difference in their overall prognosis and then quality of life moving forward if it's caught early enough to where they can treat it more effectively than if it had just gone on and continued to grow on its own. So these are all fine and dandy topics that you can address with your patients, but how exactly do you bring them up? How do you educate patients in a way that's appropriate, that's time effective because Lord knows we have enough on our plate between treating our patients, documentation, and doing all the other things that basically need to be done in order to make our practice survive, basically. So one of the things that I've already discussed was verbal education with patients. This can be something that you bring up as a part of, you know, in response to something that they tell you. This can be something that, you know, oh, hey, you know, I just wanted to say, or discuss with you today. So, you know, February is Cancer Prevention Month. And one of the things we're doing here in our clinic is we're trying to educate patients on uh, potential issues and that they should go get checked out to make sure that they're taking care of themselves or something like that. Or, you know, hey, February is Cancer Prevention Month. Have you had any of your screenings done this year? Do you have your colonoscopy, your breast exam, et cetera, et cetera, scheduled for this year? Okay, awesome. That's really important because as your physical therapist, I care about your health and you as a whole person, not just your foot. So that's just an example of me, you know, coming up with something really quick. Another thing you can do is creating 
paper clinic posts to have around your clinic. Or if you're super high tech, which is super cool, you can have them on your audio visual, um, like TV screens in the clinic that basically says, you know, more or less the same thing. February is cancer prevention month. Or if you're not doing February, you know, any number of ways that you can educate patients as they're sitting in your waiting room or in your clinic say, Hey, here's what we're doing. How are you doing this? Are you taking care of yourself? You know, and if you have questions, please ask your physical therapist. So even though you may not be addressing directly with the patient where you're initiating the conversation, you still have the opportunity to circle back around with the patient and say, Hey, have you seen our posts on the board? You know, is this something that you want to talk about? Do you have any questions about that? And the last thing that you can do is social media posts. So very similar to the paper posts around the board, around your clinic or your facility, or having them on any kind of audiovisual, is creating social media posts. If your practice has a social media presence, again, this can be a great way to get your message out to more people and just inform them about, hey, you know, this is something that as your physical therapist, as your movement system specialist, we care about you as a whole person. And we want to make sure that we can serve you as best we can and help you get the care that you need if you have another issue that we cannot address. So as we conclude today's episode on Cancer Prevention Month, take some time, think about what are some ways, what are some things that you can do that you want to do that you feel comfortable with doing to start having these conversations with patients. We are physical therapists. Obviously, that's our job. That's what we're passionate about. That's what we're being trained to do. But we have such a capacity to serve patients and make sure that we take care of them, not just now, but for the rest of their lives by empowering them with education and information that they can then take to make the rest of their lives better. And this cancer prevention or screening for issues like cancer is such a huge thing that we can offer for these patients. And there is absolutely no reason why we shouldn't be doing it. So take some time, think about what you and your practice are going to be doing for your patients for this February National Cancer Prevention Month. And I'd love to hear about him. Drop me a line. You can email me at theoncopt at gmail.com. And I look forward to hearing all about that. Thank you so much for listening, y'all. I really appreciate your time. And if you have any questions, of course, you can always reach out to me. And I will see you next week. And don't forget that I'm hosting my Facebook Live series, Facebook Mondays at 7 p.m. Central Time. And I can't wait to see y'all there. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Onco PT Podcast. For more episodes, visit theoncopt.com.